When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello everyone, welcome to Sky Sports Fantasy Football Game Week 13 Preview with myself, Luke, and as ever, Niall. How are we doing, Niall? We're good, we're good. We're, uh, we're both happy again this week, I think. Another green arrow, uh, which we'll get into, but oh, another good weekend of football. Thoroughly enjoyed it. And uh, finally, starting to see some consistent week-upon-week returns from a team. Um, although the benchings haven't stopped, but we'll come we'll come on to that as well. But mm. all in all, happy, and I presume you're pretty pleased as well. Yeah, I mean, anytime you go up in rank, you've got to be pretty happy, right? And um, mine has gone up slightly, so pretty happy. Um, team wise, I think I got ninety five points overall, which I think uh, you said you got about hundred, right? And yeah, I'm, I'm happy with that. And a slight rise, obviously, would always prefer more. Um, but it wasn't to be. M- Mbomo, for example, got zero points. He didn't turn up. Um, that's unfortunate, I think, because um, all the news was he's kind of playing. I thought, kind of bought him in for these fixture runs, and it's not quite worked out. But I, I still hope there, right? I hope he can be back next week, and he's still got some good games, so st- still pretty happy with him. Really happy. I think the main decision I had, really, was whether to remove Rafinha the other day, and I decided not to do so, which I think quite a few people actually ended up doing, um, just because he was playing Norwich at the end of the day, and I didn't know whether he was going to play. But it's nice for once for one of my injured players to actually or on the brink of injury, actually play a game because they hadn't been of late. And obviously he rewarded us straight away with a really good captain hall. I think virtually anyone else you went for on that day was probably not a good option. Um, so yeah, Rafinha with, I think it was 28 points, I think, as captain in the end. So was absolutely loving that. Uh, Gallagher, what a man, 18 points. I think if you haven't got Gallagher by now, it should be very, very clear to me that he is absolutely key. He's just so cheap. And when you're getting that sort of haul away to Man City... I mean, what a guy. 18 points, just incredible. Obviously, he's not going to... I still, I, I say he's not going to score every week. He's not going to score every week, but it's just the other facets to his game that are just so key. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Christiansen, Rüdiger, both 10 points. That was great. Mendy with his customary nine. Obviously, I'm a big fan of him. Uh, I had Cooper and Kinsella. I've still got Cooper in my team from, from when I did Lorente to him, just waiting for that spot to probably become Webster, but obviously Webster hasn't been playing and Leeds fixtures have been okay, so... He's actually been picking up passing bonus nearly every week. I think this was the first week he hadn't for a while. So, um, yeah, just take the two points on the chin. And Aubameyang ended up getting shots here. I mean, it's the same story with the forwards. I've got Kane, I've got Aubameyang. They didn't do anything, but not many other forwards really did. Salah was the captain. Um, So, yeah, pretty happy overall. Um, No immediate plans for my team, really, in terms of transfers, but we'll we'll probably get on to that in a bit. Um, How did you get on? Oh, I didn't have anyone Monday as well, actually, before. I had no one Monday, so skip that. Um, as we talked about before, just didn't really want any of them long term, and I think we kind of got away with it. I don't know. It's like probably middle level. I think if you bought, for example, Jimenez in, I think you're probably okay. For me, I didn't want him as a forward moving forward, moving on. But his fixtures are good enough to keep him, so it was a debate for me on that night. But I ended up swaying it in the end. I think I probably got away with it because I, I did expect Wolves to actually win that in the end, and obviously they did. Everton were terrible, um, but. Not a massive points hit overall by not getting him because I don't think I don't think my rank dropped that much. So it, it shows you I don't think they were coveted that much, and that that's the kind of thing that we always talk about is those games that you can maybe skip. And I think we kind of got away with that one, but maybe you feel differently. 
Yeah, totally agree. I, I didn't have anyone uh, for the game on Monday either. Um, and yeah, I think you're right. I think obviously Jimenez did well. I think Huang picked up a tier two tackle bonus, which again mm. is all right. That's 10 points. You can be pretty happy with that. Mm. Um, Sa was the other one who's relatively, I wouldn't say high owned, but owned by some proportion of the top 100. He got save bonus. So he got, got four, I think double to eight. So there wasn't mm. any anything that, you know, we, that those who didn't have a player could class as a disaster. I mean, Jimenez getting, I think he got yeah, 10 points double to 20 for, for those who brought him in. But even with the 20 point haul, he's still only owned by 6.5% of the top thousand. So right. I mean, it's not it's not insignificant, but um, I'm guessing all of those 6.5% will end up at some point using a transfer on him too. So to use one to get him in and one to get him And out. that's the thing, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. 20 so, points. So, totally right. And, and, it looks like it's probably paid off. I'll give them credit for that, but you know, you never know. So um, the big thing for me was just basically ensuring that uh, Damari Gray didn't do anything because I think going into the game, yes. he was owned by 40, high 40s, maybe yeah. 45, 46% of the top 1,000. So if he'd done something, that would have been really mm. damaging, but thankfully he didn't. But yeah, so my week, um, very similar to yours, a lot of similar, similar players. So Mendy, Rudiger, and Christensen, who you've you've got all getting um, clean sheets, Rudiger and Christensen both getting tier twos, which is great. So Christensen, I think, showing that when he does play, he tends to get ten points. It's just mm. every week it's like ten or, or or he hasn't played. Isn't 10 or zero. It? Yeah, that is feast or famine every week. Um, and actually, on the flip side of that, I had Aspilicueta again, who didn't didn't feature, so zero points for him. <sighs> Frustratingly, uh, Chilwell chipped in with a solitary clean sheet. I had the the wrong Chelsea wing back, although Chilwell did well the week before, but mm. Reese James maybe coming into the conversation now, something we could talk about a bit later on. I'm sure there are questions about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and Cancelo with his two points. It was a bit of a, bit of a freak game, it seemed, uh, with Gallagher again getting 18, who have also got Rafinha's captaincy on Sunday was lovely. I think felt like the most stress-free captaincy hall I've ever seen it just, there was just an, a sense of inevitability watching the game that he was going to get something yeah and then when he got the, when he got the goal the shot bonus tier two came rolling in quickly then the man of the match followed even he could have scored again and actually he was through on goal in the last seconds of the game and the ref blew full time so this, he could have scored again this is exactly what I was saying before about when you've got a game like Wolves and Everton yes I fancied Wolves and yes I'd probably edge Jimenez as being the best bet um, but it's not clear cut, and there's other ones where it's even worse than that, where you can't say for sure who's going to win, like the Arsenal game the other day, or the Aston Villa game, or even the best asset is when that when those two teams take to the pitch and Rafinha's on the pitch, he is so far and away the best fantasy pick on the team that it's it's stupid, and they're the ones that I really want to cover all the time. So yeah, um, like you say, it felt like there was an air of inevitability. It won't always happen like that, but those are definitely the ones you want to cover for me, and Rafinha really showed it that week. Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. He's uh, he's just one of those players that's electric, and he's great to watch as well because he's the beating heart of that team. Everything Always helps, through. right? When it's an enjoyable watch too. Yeah, not not that it should totally. matter, but it does help. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. So, so I think I think now we're looking at a world where two of the three midfield spots in Rafinha and Gallagher are really stick-ons. I, I think you can have those two for the whole season. Um, just that third midfielder spot, which is causing me a bit of a headache, and mm. I've still got I've still got old. My old friend Elianusi in there collecting <laughs> two points every week. Um, but if he collects two points on Friday, 
gives me a four point captain. As long as nobody else goes crazy, I'll I'll, I'll be quite happy to, mm. to just forget it and move on. Maybe take him out at some point soon. Um, but yeah, so 100, 100 points for me. Another good week and excited again for this upcoming week. But I think looking at it, the games look quite good from my team's perspective. So we can we can talk through that. But we have a series of questions to go to. Yeah. Uh, so without further ado, I'll make my way over to Lovely. our mentions. I've had a lot. I was just going to say, again. I haven't looked at them yet, but what I will, um, maybe they'll come up anyway. But if they don't, I want to talk a little bit about Smith Rowe and the Chelsea wingbacks. Um, but hopefully they'll come up in the questions anyway. If not, remind me at the end. That's what I was going to say to you. Here we go. Un- unbelievably, the first question. Are you ready for this? Go on. Also to close, FPL, right? He says, who scores more points from now until the end of the calendar year? Declan Rice or Smith Rowe? <laughs> so I'm go. going to throw that one to you since you've got a lot to say on, on Smith Rowe. Well, I wouldn't say I've got a lot to say. I would just say that Smith Rowe at 7.5 always stood out to me to begin with. It was just more, first of all, is he nailed? Because I don't think it was 100% set in stone. Because Barteta did have experience of rotating that back three. You've still got Aubameyang who can play left wing like he did the other day. You then obviously got Saka who seemed to be a more in and out. And then you had Pepe and the like and the likes who could turn up right. And then you obviously had Odegaard who was signed as an attacking midfield centre, I thought. And now of late, um, he seems to have been benched. You know, Smith Rowe seems to be the main man. And you, you want nailed players in Sky really where you can. I know Christian is a bit of an exception, but in general you want the nailed guys, right? So that was always my thing with him. The fact he's playing and doing pretty well, he's now an option, I think. I mean, it's easy to say in weeks where he's just scored and like my option, who I've got, Mbomo, who's not even playing, so suddenly I'm like, my head's turned. Next week it could turn all around, Mbomo scores a brace and Smith Rowe you know, doesn't do that well or he's even benched or whatever. I can't see that at the moment, but... You know, you never know. So, yeah, I, I do think he's an option. He's another one for that conversation. But Declan Rice certainly is. And, I've, again, it's probably someone I've been very guilty of ignoring. And I think it just stems from the fact that when you've got West Ham, um, you know, and you've got Antonio sat in your team like I had for much of the time, and even Ben Rama for the first three weeks, you end up ignoring the other options because ha- you don't want two or three players from West Ham probably, right? But... At the end of the day, it doesn't matter if they're good picks in their individual right. And I think Rice has just been churning out the man of the matches. I, I can't remember what they are, but it seems like every game he's getting them. He's obviously doing well, pretty well for bonus. And now he's chipping in with goals. And that's always the extra thing for me. It's these players who are the DMs for their teams that can get the passing and tackling. They need to have another facet to the game. And obviously he's got man of the match, which is a facet. I know that's not something you can particularly rely on, but at least it shows that you know, he's the young English. It's the classic Sky thing, right? You're young and English. You've always got yourself in the frame there as a result. But then it's the fact that he's he's throwing in the odd goal as well. And again, I don't know how much that can continue, but while it is, he's an option. Um, so I find that very tough to answer. I, I think Rice will probably end up outscoring Smith Rowe at the end of the season because he's more likely to chip away at the points and Smith Rowe is more likely for a two-pointer. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you feel about that. Yeah, so I think I think also closest question was end of the calendar year. So I guess between now and January. I, but, suppose, I suppose he means for uh, for overhaul more than anything, right? Which yeah, is yeah, suppose, yeah, yeah. So, and Arsenal's games are a lot better than West Ham's to begin with. But are, then, that's, what was, that's exactly the point yeah. I was going to make. West Ham's games, West Ham's games in the short term. I mean, the next. Okay, I'll go through the next few. They've got Liverpool, Wolves, Man City, Brighton, Chelsea, Burnley, then Arsenal. So I mean, that's. That's the next six or seven games, seven games, and the only game in there that you think looks like a great, a great matchup is probably Burnley or maybe Wolves, but not, not a great deal you would think in the in terms of passing bonus opportunities there 
which he's been picking up a little bit of late, um, including at the weekend, where he got all three bonuses, I think, uh, shots, tackles and passes, which is quite fantastic. Um, but he's only 1.6% owned and he's only 7.4 million. So if you are planning on holding him all the way through to the overhaul, then I think he's I think he's a good he's a good good choice. I think if I had to choose right now though between the two, I'd probably go I'd probably go for Smith Rowe just because the fixtures are better. Uh, he's playing in a in a more advanced position. Arsenal all of a sudden look good going forward, and the thing that was holding me back from choosing him before was I just didn't know if he was nailed on. I'm pretty sure now that given his performances of late, he's one of the first names on the team sheet. I could be wrong, but I'd be very surprised to see him drop now. And there was already this whole talk. We've talked, I mean, Declan Rice being young and English. What exactly does Smith Rowe have? It's the same. Yeah. Both of those characteristics. And they're already talking about him on Sky. When's he going to be getting his England call up? And um, it feels like he's he's set to be a nice media darling as well. So I'm hoping that he can start picking up some Man of the Match awards in the, game, in the games where it's not obvious who the Man of the Match is. So... There's there's a chance this week in my team that with Elianusi's, you know, hopefully, hopefully his swan song for me will be picking up a tackle bonus or something on Friday. <laughs> um, but if he leaves, if he leaves on over the weekend, then Smith Rowe's probably who I'm going to look to to replace him. Yeah, nice. I mean, I'd also add that for me, we probably are more likely, like I said, to have another West Ham player in our team at some point. Like Antonio will probably come back in. Bowen showing like he's a great option. You know what I mean? You've still got Ben Rama who's still lurking. So to have an Arsenal potential captain, which is not a team you really want to jump on and off their assets much, I think. If you don't have a Bamiang, then you don't really want anyone, I would say. So that is something to consider, right? Because we still don't have... He said until the end of the calendar year, so the fixtures are known. So that might be why he said that. But I think yeah. if you are looking for that little period towards overhaul, which you never know, then obviously there could be captain days that you might need an Arsenal player. And um, and therefore that would maybe slightly edge it for him. It's very very tough. I'll go Rice, and I think you're going Smith Rowe, right? So that shows you we're a little bit split there. With, he's, I don't think there's any direct answer. <clears throat> and I think he's doing very well at Recluse. Actually, I think he's like top thirty in the world right now. So I'm sure he will come to the right decision without our guidance. <laughs> yeah, he's not needing our, not needing our advice, and we've probably not helped him by being split down the middle on it. Um, <laughs> no. Right, okay. So let's move on to the next question. So uh, John Chapel uh, is asking. For anyone who's forgotten about their team and has still got Billy Gilmore, who's a good replacement? So, I mean, arguably, the two that we've just mentioned are yeah. right up there in the replacements. I know they're slightly more expensive, um, but both of them, I, 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 would, I would say, are, are reasonable reasonable value around that. Um, and I guess if he's, not, if he's not touched his team in a while, you might not have Gallagher either. So, it might be someone that you you want to move to. Yeah, he's, um, he's top, I think. Around, yeah. Is there anyone around that that kind of cheap cheaper midfielder, maybe even sub sub seven who's sticking out to you that might be might be worth bringing in? Not really. I mean, we discussed before about the Watford defenders. Then you've got Ramsey from Villa, and you've got these guys that were kind of teetering on the on the edge of being options. I mean, Elunusi as well, for example. But they're not really ideal, I think, and they could just lose their place at any point. I must admit, I haven't I haven't looked into it much more than that because I think there's just too many other good options just above it, like you say. So. Um, I mean, and Bomo's not been doing anything of late because he's not been playing, but I still think at 7.2 million for their fixtures playing up front for Brentford, he's still an option. So he could, I mean, this week he's playing Norwich, right? So he, he could do fantastic. But Gallagher jumps right to the top, and I think we just discussed the other options. I don't think there is anyone, unfortunately, just below. You probably have to start looking at defenders. 
you know, even in between the set sort of six and seven million mark, where you're looking at the likes of Cooper and stuff that are just probably going to be better than. I mean, at least they're turning up, right? Gilmore, it's still baffling. The Gilmore Gander is right out the window, like it's just yeah. not even turning up whatsoever. So he's got to go, unfortunately, and you probably have to find the money. Yeah, you're totally right. I mean that 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 feature of this podcast was dropped before it even basically started. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, and um, the only other player that I think maybe in the strikers I'd look at, I know he's probably injured still, but he might come back at some point soon, is Broha from oh, Southampton. Yeah. You'll get to, see, get to see the teams at, at, on Friday night. He's only 6.6, very similar price. So uh, he's actually cheaper. So maybe he could be someone you go to um, if he's back, but I, I'm not sure he will be. Uh, he was. He definitely didn't feature at all against against Watford, but um, yeah, it'd be defenders probably, as you say. And um, with Webster coming back in, I know you've got Cooper there as a placeholder for Webster. Mm. As soon as you start seeing Webster starting again, I think it's it's probably not a bad time to go back to. Yeah, yeah, and even Lamptey as well can throw his hat in there now. He's looking like he's very much on the edge. So if Lamptey starts playing right wing back and, and offers something, I might be tempted to go there again, even though he's got a horrific injury record. They have taken so much time with him, you like to think that maybe that's fixed now. So, you know, he is an, another exciting pick. So I, I think he might be one to consider as well. I think he's just, in fact, I may as well just check it because I'm right here. I think he's 7.2. Yeah, 7.2 million. So just 0.2 more than Webster. Maybe. I mean, Webster's got the passing always, hasn't he? And Lamptey hasn't. But um, he's obviously got that. I mean, he, he has got an X factor. Whenever he's on the pitch, even for those few minutes, he's just able to drive past people like they're not there as well. So I wouldn't be surprised if he sees a few man of the matches come his way as well, to be honest, to add with the odd assist. Uh, yeah, let's move on. Yeah, okay. So FF Dempsey uh, is asking with eight to nine million defenders, such as Christensen and Matip, not guaranteed starts, do we move to the same price bracket in midfield? Such as Heuberg or Tielemans, or switch to the tried and tested Lewis Dunk. Oof, that's a good question. Um, do you want me to take this one first? Look. Yeah, go on. <laughs> cool. Okay. So my, uh, it's quite a tricky one. I, I I would I'd probably say the tried and tested Lewis Dunk. If I'm honest, um, I think there's definitely merit in going for Heuberg. Um, although with the new the new manager coming in might be worth just waiting a little while to see what impact that has on his his passing stats um or what you know what position he's lining up in or who he's playing playing with and what the system looks like so maybe worth waiting a little bit on Heuberg now that that's changed um Tielemann's still a great option I mean I don't know why I've not brought him in yet and I, and I don't know why I've not instinctively just told you to go for one of the highest point scoring midfielders uh if not the highest point scorer in the midfielder. Um, no, behind Gallagher. He's behind Gallagher after his halt the weekend. Second highest point scorer in the midfielder. Um, but Lewis Dunk, fixtures are going to get good now. He's still, he still looks like he's the pre- you know, premium option in that, in that defence, capable of pack, getting passing bonus most weeks. And the fixtures look really, really tasty for, for passing bonus now. So I, I, I could see Lewis Dunk going on a run Um of picking up at least five points a game, possibly getting 10 if he gets a clean sheet. And, and he's still always a threat from set pieces too. So um, I think Lewis Dunk's about as good a differential as you can get. And he's only owned by just over 4% of the top 1K. So yeah, he's, he's what I'd go, but interesting to see what you think, Luke. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I think 
he's listed Matip and Christensen there, and I would say Matip probably needs replacing now because we've seen two games in a row where this happened. Now it might be that Matip's got a slight knock, but they're not telling anyone, and he comes back again. But I'd say conversely, because he's been on the bench and stuff, it looks like he's tried to integrate the other centre back, Canate. Could be wrong, but I think. Christensen, we've already been through it. I think you can still hold him. Um, the other name I will throw out, which actually fits into his list of eight between eight and nine million defenders, is Reese James himself, who we mentioned. I think he's eight point nine. Now he is much of the same mould to me as Matip and Christian, as in we don't know for sure that he's nailed on. But I just think the upside, as we've seen, is so massive with him that maybe you could roll the dice there. Um, you know, going Matip to Reese James doesn't sound like the worst idea to me. You know, I am guilty of falling for these already this season with Alonso, so maybe not. But right now, when I look at my team, and this is why I wanted to bring up, I don't have Chilwell or James in there. And in Sky, I don't think they're as good as in other fantasy games because of the passing element. Yeah, I, I, and that's why I often turn away from them. But if they are literally going to be in the box on every attack and scoring goals every other week, then I have to take note, right? And also that they're going to be turning up. So the games have been easy at the moment. So maybe that's a factor as well. They get a little bit harder, but it is Chelsea. And we've discussed that. We think that, you know, every game they turn up, you fancy them for a clean sheet. So I think we're at the point now where we probably can look to risk the life. I mean, you already gone with your well, and that's turned out to be a masterstroke already. And James is, if anything, slightly cheaper. He does worry me slightly more than Chilwell with his starts. Cause I just think more players can play in this position. But would you, if you say to me now, would you prefer Matip or James? It's James easy. Would you bring Christensen in for Matip or James? I'd probably go James at this point because their risk level is about the same and I think James is probably slightly higher, which is a rare thing for Sky to pick, for me anyway, to pick the one who's not the passer. Um, such is the upside. But Lewis Dunk is the tried and tested and I can't argue with that. I think Lewis Dunk is also equally fine. So I guess it comes down to your risk element um, there. Uh, for me, I would probably edge on the side of James and just chance it. Yeah, I think I think that's a great shot. I mean, James is to my surprise already owned by seven point two percent in the top one thousand. Right. So okay. Feels quite high for someone who's only come onto the radar in the last two games. Yeah. yeah. Granted, in that two-game period, he scored thirty. No, no, forty-three points he scored in the last Madness. two games. Jeez, no. These are the that's decisions incredible. that can win you the game. At the end of the day, they, you know, if you get these guys before they hit these ridiculous point holes, then. You know, Stones had it last season, didn't he? A couple of times, if you were on him for the two goals and stuff, it basically changed your season around. It, it did to me. Absolutely, and 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 he actually did somehow did clock a pass into you at the weekend as well, Reese James. So I mean, he's, he's Newcastle. In the games it? it was Newcastle, but in the games where they, you know, they dish out a battering, he's he's probably more capable of getting passing bonus even um, than Chilwell. Chilwell doesn't really threaten it at all. And with the numbers of the shots and the chances that he's getting as well, it's quite it's quite incredible. He's he's playing so advanced it seems. And he's just such really... a good player as well. Such a good yeah. player, like you say, he can get passing bonus because he can mix it with the other guys. He can actually you know lay the ball off and, and make the correct pass most of the time. Mm. Yeah, so a good a good shout. I mean, I just I, as you say, you do worry a little bit about the rotation, but it does seem that if he's if he's continuing to to play as well as he has been over the last couple of weeks, there doesn't seem like much of a way that he can be, he can be completely dropped. So he's still going to play, he's still going to play probably three and five, maybe. Um, yeah. And it possibly so, could be more, right? That's the thing. Like we, we yeah. still have got that in our mind and the evidence suggests that to me, he will still, still get rotated, but things do change, don't they? And James could have some, I mean, you can take the chance that it's more four and 4.5 out of five, whatever that means. Do you know what I mean? It just, it could happen. 
Um, all the signs seem to be pointing towards it right now, but fantasy's quick, isn't it? And it moves on, so we'll, we'll have to see. But I, I'd be tempted to chance it, I think. Cool. All right, let's move on. So uh, MD179113 has asked, um, I kept Webster ever since he got injured. Uh, if he doesn't start against Newcastle, would you swap him for Liveramento or make two transfers to get Dunk and Rice instead? So he's got the funds to enable three premium strikers in December. My instinctive reaction to this is just hold Webster now. You've held him for this long. Uh, he's going to come back into the team. I think at some point I'd be surprised if he doesn't come back in. And it'll be whether it's this week or next week. Or, yeah, no, after the international break, he'll be back in that team and you'll regret taking him out. That's that's my view. So I, I, would, I wouldn't think about taking Webster out now if he's still gone. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's it's he's been on the bench and not been starting, which has been a worry, but I think Brighton do this a lot. You look at Lamptey as well. They do take their time with players who get injured. And on top of that, as well as Brighton have been playing of late, they have conceded quite a number of goals, which is not really like them. I know they've been playing tough opposition, so you can point to that. But I think it also adds weight to the fact that he, he probably will look to bring Webster back in because I'm still convinced he's one of their best, better defenders. Maybe I'm wrong, but I think that information is worth waiting for. And, you know, the end of the day, Liveramento for one game, I don't know whether it's worth it. Like, yeah, like, like Niall says, if he, if he doesn't start maybe the next two and he's still on the bench and just clearly not getting in, you're going to have to address it. But I think you can at least wait one more now since, since you've waited all that. You're not bringing in a high ups. I mean, as as good as Liveramento is, and yeah, he could, I suppose, get a goal, man of the match, clean sheet, win on that Friday night, it's still unlikely. It's still unlikely, isn't it? He he's more likely to get you two points or a six pointer there. I would have said so. I think you can take the chance. Yeah, with you on that. And and the good thing is they play the first game day of the of the first mm. match day of each game week for the next couple of weeks too. So I mean, if you if you didn't if you didn't if you if you didn't play in the first game back against Villa to the international break, then you could look to move him on to someone from City, Spurs, Leeds, or Everton on the next day. So there's 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 options. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't rush into anything at the moment with Webster. Um, okay, next question. So J Sky FFJ, he is asking if he should remove Antonio to enable five at the back with just Ronaldo and Salah up front. What are our thoughts? So what do you think of that? Take out Antonio um, and go for five at the back, or stick with the three up front. Um, I think it's viable because the fixtures are awful over the next four or five. But for me, it is only those four or five. And I'm such an Antonio fanboy. I think you'd probably want him back. And I don't think it's out of the question that Antonio can score in those games. When you actually break them down... In fact, let me bring try and bring up the fixtures. Okay, so this week he's home to Liverpool. Now, Liverpool have been doing all right for clean sheets. But if you actually look at their data, they've probably overperformed the clean sheets slightly. Can West Ham score in that game versus Liverpool? I think they can. And Antonio is always the main man to score a goal. So I think that one, maybe you can get something, right? I think the next one is away to Man City. Again, on paper, a real bad game. But I think if any team's got a chance of doing well against Man City, defending and then countering and isolating their centre-backs, which is the general play that... I know they got a red card last week, but Palace basically showed you the blueprint to actually get it done. Antonio can score in that game. I think he scored last season against them as well. Against Liverpool as well, if I'm not mistaken. So I don't absolutely hate that game, personally. Home to Brighton, I think that's a fine game, really. Brighton are a good side, but away from home, they generally ship a few goals. West Ham are a better side at the moment, to me, at least. This is the stinker one for me. Home to Chelsea, don't think you'll probably score in that game the way Chelsea play. 
but it's you know it's probably only one game that I would say categorically you probably will not score and then it's straight away away to Burnley where you'll probably want him back he's also top as far as when I looked for all of the expected data for strikers anyway still despite in the last six weeks this is not just counting I know he hasn't been returning to the level he did in the first three weeks but his shot volume and everything is still right up there and obviously you can use the members area to have a look so that suggests to me that there's no real problem there he's just he's not been quite as explosive in the first few days but he can still score so my eyesight on don't take him out for those reasons I do however understand that if you're going to ever like that throughout the whole season not go for him then this is probably the period to do it and you obviously chance another player could be worth it but for me the window's not big enough and the two transfers possibly not worth it if you're saying to yourself you're not going to get him back then that's a different argument I think yeah I think I think you're right I mean if I, I don't have him but I'm actually looking at some point to probably get him in but not now the game's just now I think it's one of those if you've got him might not be worth getting rid of him, but if you don't have him, I wouldn't bring him in right now just because the games aren't, aren't fantastic. Mm, yeah. Going into December, right? So after that Chelsea game, the run is absolutely ridiculous. And we've got they've got like Burnley, Arsenal, Norwich, Southampton, Watford, Palace, Leeds, Man United, Watford, Leicester, Newcastle. Right. So that's a really, really good run after that. And they, and they've got some games in in December where you know you could captain Antonio as probably the best option on some some of the days that are that are that are already out. So for me, he's one. I'm, he's on. He's on my radar to, to bring in at some point. But I, I'm with you. I think I'd be a little bit nervous about taking him out, um, especially yeah. when the fixtures look so good in the, in the in the kind of medium to long term rather than just the short term. Yeah, and it's also that five at the back thing. Obviously, you you make yourself a little bit inflexible there. Um, who are you looking at? You know, we haven't we haven't listed a name here, but who's the person you would actually bring him in from at the back? Yes, a Chelsea defender possibly could worth it, but let's not forget that they've just had their best run and there's a little bit of rotation there. Man City are a premium and right now aren't really keeping the clean sheet, so is there an argument that you go there? I think in the future they've got some good games coming up, so maybe, but right, I think with Laporte getting sent off, the Stones thing isn't sure. You're only really able to trust maybe Cancelo and Diaz at this point. And they're obviously at a massive premium. Maybe you have them already in your back five. I imagine they do. So it's it's tough to argue to say that you know. I think I think maybe if you were looking at Reese James or Antonio, maybe. But again, will you want Antonio back? I don't know. It's tough without a name, right? The inflexibility of say of going back at the five probably also just is another caveat that I would, I'd look to avoid if you possibly can. Yeah, you're 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 right on that. So um, hopefully that answers Jay's question. Thanks for thanks for the question, Jay. So moving on, uh, this is this is not a question, but it's a, a really fantastic and lovely statement from from Neil Neil Sky FF twenty one. He says, "No questions this time, just an appreciation post for your great content and unbelievable footballing knowledge, which you seem to pass over so easily." Luke's knowledge isn't too bad either. Uh, he <laughs> says, "Thanks, gentlemen. You wouldn't be where he is this season without watching our videos and keep up the good work. Thanks so much, Neil. That means that means a lot." Yeah, top notch. He's definitely talking about you there, not me. <laughs> Cheers, though, mate. I appreciate that. Cheers, Neil. Uh, okay, so so Rob Isles, um, he is he's asking. So he already has Mendy and Rudiger, uh, but he's thinking about losing Van Dyke for Reese James uh, as part of moves to lock in a big front three of Salah, Ronaldo, and Kane uh, from game week fifteen. He's, his view on James, we've given our view already. James may only play three out of five. What did I just say? Three out of five? Yeah, on the same way. Great, great, great minds. Great minds, Rob. Um, 
it says may only play three out of five games, um, but it's a saving of 1.3 million uh, over Van Dijk. It'll also eliminate the need for hop-on, hop-off transfers across the three forwards in December. What do we think? I like that. Um, yeah, so we, we've given our thoughts on on James, so we'll not, we'll not go back into that. But in terms of structuring your team to have that big front three, if you'd asked me this a few days ago, I'd have probably said no. I'd have probably said there's no need to have a big front three right now. I know the games probably demand you to have cover from different teams over December, but I, I just don't think it's worth hammering the rest of your team to accommodate those three, three big names because I just, I'm not convinced that that third one whether it's Kane, uh, Ronaldo, Lukaku, whoever it might be. Um, I just I just don't think, mostly Kane, we'll focus on him, mostly Kane. I just don't think Kane, had you asked me a couple of days ago, would have, would have justified ruining the rest of your team. Now that they've changed the manager, I don't know. So that's probably one to watch. I'd maybe wait just now for a little bit. Um, Van Dijk's still playing every game, still churning out points. I'd sit and hold it. I think right now, um, and see how Kane looks under the new management. And if it looks like he's back to his best, then yeah, I can I can see the merits in, in making your making your system flexible enough to have a big front three for December. Um, but right now, I'd, I'd say it's a waiting game. Sorry, that's that's a bit of an on the fence answer. <laughs> yeah, no. It's it's tough because Van Van Dyke wasn't really getting the passing numbers to begin with, so I would say he's probably too expensive for what he was offering. But of late, Liverpool have really upped their passing numbers. I'm just going to click on this the members area actually. So the last six game weeks, I've sorted this by, and then successful passes per ninety. And you can see Matip's right up there. He's only had three apps. Obviously, he got replaced, but he's right up there. But in general, you can see it filled by Liverpool, Alexander Arnold, and Van Dyke is right up there on sixty-eight pass, sixty-eight point five passes. He's definitely stepped it up of late. Now, that might be something to do, because when you just pick a small window for fixtures, it could be to do with the six fixtures that they played. But to me, it does suggest... I mean, it's quite a lot considerably higher than what it was um, maybe a week or maybe a month or so ago. And um, we always anticipated that you know, Van Dyke should have been getting them, and it was a bit strange that he wasn't. Now he's got Canate alongside him. I wonder if that's a factor as well, because I feel like Matip hogs the ball a bit more. It seems like Canate's numbers weren't, aren't quite as good as what Van Dyke's are, so there might be an element of letting Van Dyke spray it more than him. It's more his, his style. So it's basically, it's a bad time to jump off him, because he's suddenly looking a better a better option to me. But because of what it allows you, the free forwards, the Kane factor, like I say, Ronaldo even looks a little bit better now with the front two, and Reese James just does look a fantastic option I think if you compare Van Dijk to James it's not an easy it's not an easy decision and in the end of the day if it saves you enough money to enable you what you want I think you can I think you can probably do it there's just always a risk right when you move a really good player for another good player especially one who's more nailed for one that's less nailed so it does make me a bit twitchy and I think Niall's right you, you could if you can afford to wait it probably makes sense you just get a little bit more information like will Van Dyke's passing continue will James continue to play three out of five games or not um, you know will you need Kane or not because Sun might be better and you might be able to do it without doing the downgrade I mean Sun could play out front in a two right with Conte people are suggesting and he, and he could be the better option you know is Bruno Fernandes actually a better option than Ronaldo because he's playing just behind the front two in their new system if that continues and he's slightly cheaper maybe you know what I mean so I think the information in this case is probably worth waiting for yeah, good point. And, and let's bear in mind that you don't need, I don't think at the moment, you don't need Kane or Ronaldo for, for captain season, probably in the next at least 
two, maybe maybe three weeks. The way I'm looking at it, you could probably captain Ronaldo against Watford straight after the international break. Um, but Salah's playing against against Arsenal at home, and I, I'm not not really in the business of going against Mo Salah at the moment. Yeah, um, I think Salah at home. Well. Salah at home, even though it's Arsenal, it's he's going to be the favourite there, isn't he? And I, I'd argue he's more likely, to, even though it's Watford, I'd argue Salah's more likely to score points than Ronaldo in that game current with the current yeah, information we've got. Yeah. So, you're pro- so it's probably not until the 2nd of December when both Spurs and Man United play as the only two teams on that night. Spurs have got Brentford at home and Man United have got Arsenal at home. You're probably going to go to Spur, either Spurs or Man United for the captaincy on that night. So that's I think that's the that's the, the turning point in my mind. I've not got either of Ronaldo or Kane in, in my team. So I think that's what I'm looking at, probably for the, the point that I'm probably gonna hop on to to either or maybe even even both. But a lot of it will depend on how Aubameyang continues to play, because if he looks like he's not gonna cut the mustard, then I might make the move a little bit earlier. Cool. Yeah. Makes sense. Okay, and I, and then we got and listen, look at this. It's almost like we planned it. Tom SkyFF is uh, asking, am I stupid for considering bringing in Aubameyang? So I'm talking about taking him out. And Tom's thinking about bringing him in. Um, he's got Ings and Townsend, and he's thinking about put, moving Ings and Townsend out to Livramento and Aubameyang. So Aubameyang's fixtures at the moment are still, are still pretty good, actually. I mean, uh, they've got... Watford obviously this weekend, so I can see why you would want to have him for that game. Uh, Liverpool and then then it's Newcastle. So you know, obviously the Liverpool game is a tricky one, but over the course of the next couple of weeks, they've got Watford and Newcastle, so that's that's pretty appealing. Um, I think quite similar, if I'm honest, I think similar to the advice I gave on Antonio. My view on Aubameyang would be: if you have him, don't take him out; but if you don't have him, probably don't bring him in because. I'm not seeing, apart from that that game, the standalone game they've got in a, in a little while. I'm not seeing the the need for him to you know to cover any captaincies in the in the, the short to medium term, um, and so I think you can probably live without. But if you've got Ings and you need to make a transfer, I think he's probably worth considering. But I'd be intrigued to see which of the other strikers you don't have because if you've not got uh, a Ronaldo, for example, you might want to bring Ronaldo in, uh, and then you've got the option of captaining him uh, on the twentieth of November, when I think he probably is at least nearly as good an option as Salah. I know we just talked about Salah at home, but he's he's reasonably good. He's probably up there nearly on a par with the fact that he's playing Watford. So um, tricky, basically. Um, yeah, I don't think I actually know the answer to that one. Really. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm, I've got a Bamier in my team. So again, it's always hard to answer these ones. It's like, I'm kind of happy yeah. with him and the fixtures are decent. And my plan was always like, if Arsenal are doing okay, which they seem to be at the moment, and the Bamier looks a little bit more interested, which he does at the moment, I was going to hold them maybe even all the way through to that single match day versus Everton, where I really hope that Everton are still just as dreadful as they are right now. And then again, it's one of those ones where if they are playing that badly and Arsenal are playing like they are at the moment, to me, Aubameyang's a clear captain choice for that for that game. It's like not quite Rafinha levels, but do you know what I mean? Where I think he's probably stand out above most other names. So I think getting him in is absolutely fine. There's no other strikers that I particularly like at this moment, but it's like Niles says, if you want to save the, the transfer, because eventually Aubameyang's going to come out for the likes of Kane and Ronaldo over Christmas and their games are, are equally, you know, 
pretty good as well, even from now. Uh, Kane's more so, I'd say, from 12. Um, so maybe I'd look at Kane if you don't have him. Maybe I'd look at Son if you don't have him, if you just don't fancy Kane, which is understandable. Um, but I, I, I'm going to say do it, because at the end of the day, Ings is just not an option, really, is he? At the moment, he's not been great, and now he's injured. I don't think Townsend's an option anymore. He's he served a purpose. He's done pretty well if you've had him in. I think that jumping off Everton is just generally wise now. Uh, Livermento obviously offers him that Southampton captain is a good long-term option, so fine. And Aubameyang serves a purpose for for a decent amount of time and offers that captain to Everton as well if he's willing to forego the other guys. So just pretty much repeat what Niall says, actually. Just make sure that you're not foregoing anyone else that's going to cause you an issue. And if you're not, then, um, you know, for example, I've got Kane in my team and Aubameyang. As useless as they've been, I'm hoping that will actually bear some fruit eventually. Um, and yeah, I'd, I'd go for Aubameyang if you're not concerned about the the guys you're missing out because I think he's as good as anyone up front. The strikers right now are just so bad. I mean, like I say, he got shots here at the weekend, which is more than I've been getting from most of my strikers for quite a long time. Yeah, and I think I think the other element of his question around Townsend to Livermento, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't talk you away from that one. I think Townsend's fixtures are now disgusting, mm. and uh, Livermento's got the captaincy on Friday night. I don't like doing moves before they play, but if, if you think Townsend has to go and you want to have a captain on Friday night, um, it, I, I'd, probably, I'd probably make that move. Livermental looks a good option. I'm hoping that his ownership doesn't doesn't go much higher before Friday, because if it does, I'm going to be hiding behind the sofa. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I, I, think, I don't think there's any grumbles about the second part of that move. No, but just check as well. I mean, yeah, I don't know what his team is or his setup, but just check that Aubameyang... Um, can't go to a defender instead. That's that's possibly better because as good as Aubameyang is an option, there's still, you know, still Cancelo, Diaz, Chilwell, Reese James, the Chelsea boys are still likely to to match him, and if not better him, even though he's got captain days and fixtures. That that's just the reality of the Sky game, unfortunately. So just just check that out and make sure that you can't make that work in some way as well. I would say. Great. Uh, moving on now to one of our fantasy football scout colleagues, Joe himself. Joe's asking, and actually, he's, Joe's pretty good at Sky. Um, follow him and he updates on his team. He generally does really well. So, mm-hmm. uh, honoured to be answering a question from someone who knows at least, at least as much as we do about this game. But he is uh, he's asking, so currently he's got Danny Ings. A shame, it's frustrating. Uh, I think I was making recommendations to people that had uh, Lukaku still when he got injured to bring in Ings. So I hold my hands up on that. Not much you can do about injuries, as you as you very well know this season. Yeah, that's just one of them things, um, isn't it? Yeah, so, so he's got Danny Ings, but he obviously has to go after Friday, uh, and he's keen for a Brentford player. He's asking Tony or Mbwemo, and he also just wants to... He's, he's got Livermento, so he's got captain covered on Friday anyway. But yeah, so Tony or Mbwemo, what do you think? I think we've covered this slightly before in the past. For me, in a straight shootout, Tony wins. Right now, Mbomo, although he got injured, um, was actually on the bench and just didn't come on, right? So we don't know 100% for sure that it's just not a rotation thing and maybe you wanted to give the other go, go, you know, other guy a go. You know, I think it's probably more like the injury, but the point is no one knows for sure, right, apart from the manager there. So there's that facet. I think Tony's slightly more nailed, even if it's like one percent. And I just think Tony is a better is a better player in general. He's got the he's got the penalties, you know, playing against Norwich. I don't see, I know Tony's been dropping deep and stuff. I don't see how Tony's not in and around the box in the Norwich game quite a lot of the time. I think he's a great option for that game at least. But it just comes back to the fact that 
if you're using a striker spot on Tony, you're missing out on someone else. And if you're using a midfield spot, there's not too many other options. So as a tactical perspective, I, I still prefer Mbomo as just a long-term pick. But for me, if you ask me who scores more points, it's Tony. So I think you just have to make, take that information and, and, and do what you want with it. You know, you, know, you could easily go Tony if you're not... It's, it's the people you're missing out on. It's the same yeah. conversation as Aubameyang. Agree. I think, I think both are still good options. I think Mbomo... It's a shame. It's one of those moves that looked so good on paper because the games were stacked in his favour and you got the extra... The extra match when you brought when people brought him in against Leicester, um, was it Leicester? Yeah, it was Leicester. Um, I I think Tony, as you say, will score more points. I'd, I'd, I'd be surprised if Bimo scored more, but it depends on your system. I'd say I think if you if you need a midfielder um, dependent, you might be on a, on a formation that makes it difficult to move to a striker, or budget wise, you might be struggling. So I think if you're not specifically Luke, Luke, so Joe, but if you're in a situation where you've got a decision to make, the context of your team will play a part. For me, I'm actually looking towards Tony. Maybe uh, I've got five at the back just now, but I might move on one of the defenders who hasn't been starting. Maybe maybe an Aspilicueta. If he's not been playing frequently, I might move him on to Tony. Ah, right. Okay. Not urgently. But at some point, which would then bring me into a formation four three three, and then you know budget wise, it might allow me to move other other players around that I don't want, like El uh, Yunusi. So yeah, 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 I think I think Tony Tony's the, the the premium the premium player, and the fixtures are still good. So even if you're sitting there with Mbemo, uh, I wouldn't get I wouldn't get hot under the collar and move him on too quickly because I think he'll come good. Yeah, Tony's not been saying the world alike, but for seven point nine million up front, there is no doubt in my mind he's going to be value across the season, and yeah. it's it's probably going to start now over these next five games where you're going to see it. Um, yeah, you don't want to put all your eggs in basket for one game, but it's not one game. It's not just Norwich. It's about five ridiculous games in a row. I can't see how he doesn't end up being decent. And and yeah, it's the um, it, it's always the question of. Is that worth it for sort of four or five? If you and maybe he doesn't, but if he does plan to get the likes of Ronaldo, Kane, Salah, which is pretty much, I think a lot of people are looking at that over the Christmas period to avoid that hokey cokey. You don't need to do it, as James Planet, James from Planet Field pointed the week before. Um, but it it does save a lot of a headache. So if that's in your mind, you've just got to question yourself: Is it worth it to get Tony and then get him out? It very well could be at five, for the games he's got. Um, so yeah, it's going to come down to the individual in your teams, which is a cop out. But um, Embomo kind of solves all those dilemmas, so that's why I kind of edge that way. Well, fingers crossed for you. He's back in the team this weekend. Um, okay, so emotional idiot is asking uh, bench dilemma. Any player to be replaced? Now, looking at his team, he's sent a screenshot. I'd say to him, "There's absolutely there's no players in there I'd replace, but I would replace the game because it's an FPL question." <laughs> Like that, yeah. I won't comment on his name in containing some a key bit of information there that probably didn't help him to answer the question. But there we go. <laughs> uh, okay, so Dragos Sky FF um, is just simply asking what to do with Kane now. Uh, we covered this a little bit. I think watch, you know, it's a bit of a watching brief. Let's scout him, see how he's playing, see if the system changes, see if. Conte can get something from him because at the moment he just looks 
oh, shadow yeah. of himself. So I'd wait and see. There's no debate from me. If you've if you've got Kane like I have, yeah, he's not been great, but he served the purpose versus Newcastle for his captain. Ended up clawing back yeah. a few points. And now, I mean, the games were good enough that even if they didn't get the new manager in, you'd like to think that he would do something. And now they've got the new manager in where he'd like to be you know, even more positive, if anything. You can't remove him now ahead of the good fixtures. You just, yeah, you see what happens. If he does absolutely nothing over these games and it doesn't work and Kane is, you know, even Conte can't get anything out, maybe he drops in because it is an attitude thing or whatever. Um, do you know what I mean? Then you you act with that information. But right now, you, yeah, there's absolutely no chance he'd be coming out the same. Yeah. Totally right. Agree with that. Don't think I'd add any more. Uh, I'm still looking. Kane's part of my plans as it stands for December. Um, so it would take something pretty seismic to, to change that. But yeah, as you say, the, the formation might mean that Son plays up front with him. And if they're both in the same position, does that mean that Kane is is significantly better and, and you know, warranting of extra budget? We don't know. So it's, yeah, worth, worth watching. Um, okay, so Jack Bones FPL. He is planning to skip Villa against Southampton. He's asking if it's warranted. His view is he just can't see enough value in their assets for a good stretch. Uh, and he'd also argue that it would probably cost him two transfers to bring one in and then take one out. Uh, so, yeah, we've seen that this week already. We both skipped Monday night, um, the Wolves-Everton game, for those exact reasons. You know, did it, has, it, has it worked? Well, we probably feel pretty content that right now that there wasn't anyone who's highly owned that that scored lots, but you don't really know until later on after the, the next few games have panned out before understanding if it was the right thing to do or the wrong thing to do. So yeah, it could it could take a bit of time, but I think definitely games like Villa Southampton are warranted as skips. I think if there's someone in your team that you're dying to get rid of who's injured or is now not playing, rotated out, uh, then players like Livermento on the Southampton side are, are good. I don't think I'd recommend any filler players right now. I think I'm completely on board with the same thing. I think it, as ever, and similar to the Wolves and Everton game, I would have maybe looked at Jimenez like I did because I don't mind him as a forward option. Basically because all the other forwards are terrible and his games weren't awful afterwards. So I felt like maybe you could do that. I didn't want to have to do it and then reconstruct for the forwards as we've already talked about. For the Villa and Southampton thing, there was an argument you should have gone Villa the other week if you were going to do this. Um, because I think you get the extra game for it as well if you'd have done that. Um, Liveramento is a decent option and will continue to be a decent option, probably. So again, maybe you can go for that. Depends how your team works out. I do think that there will be a drop-off from Southampton. I think they've probably been keeping more clean sheets than most people expect. Uh, and for Villa, for me, the only standout option really is Watkins. I think he is a good option. But again, it takes up that striker spot and I'm not sure I'd choose him over anyone else. So, yeah. Coming down to this one game, again, who's the best option from each team? You have just listed Livermental and Watkins, but I don't think it's massively clear-cut. There's a nut, I don't even know who starts up front for Southampton, for example. I don't know for sure if Ings is back. I don't know for sure if Watkins won't be left wing. I don't, you know, Bailey's there. There's other options. Um, and and as a result, I also don't know who will even win that game. You know, I, don't, I can't call who will win that game. So for me... I think you can avoid it, and exactly how you've listed there, it's going to be true transfers, so he's confident he's going to be taking them out. So he's not even happy with any of these guys long-term, and that's the key asset for me. But if you're not going to keep him for a stretch, it's not worth it for one game for me. It rarely ever is, even if it's a fantastic option. You know, sometimes it is. You know, you've got Liverpool, you haven't got any Liverpool players. It's Salah at home to Norwich on a Monday night. Yeah, you probably want to bring him in for that one game. But the likelihood of you not wanting Salah past that, again, it's you probably will do, right? So it's those, those situations rarely exist. Um... Yeah, completely skip it for me. I don't think there's any need. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, Livermento is now owned by twenty three percent of the game, and then Tottenham K. So he's, I mean, he's done really well. Jesus, <clears> his, point, his points returns are, are are very good. So he's he is the only one for me that makes me question whether whether skipping it completely is the right thing to do. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately for me, I'll not be bringing him in because I've already made my bed with uh, with Elianusi. So I I could do it. Uh, for example, Cooper. I've got Cooper right. I've got a place yeah. position where I kind of want Webster to go in there because I think he's the best long-term asset, but I could bring in Livramento, who looks like a good asset, and let's get a captain extra for that game. So I think I'm perfect because Cooper's fixtures after, I mean, home to Leicester is not a particularly good game, but Leeds' fixtures after that are pretty dreadful, and he's not a particularly good asset, I would say. So I could do that. I still don't know if it's worth it, and I'll probably just wait for Webster, which shows to me that it's probably not. I mean, maybe that's the wrong play. Maybe I should just go Livramento, but... Tricky, tricky. I mean, so Southampton's fixtures are still very good and they look pretty stern at the back. So I, if I were you, I'd, I'd, prob- I'd probably go with Livermento mm. before I would go for the Webster, just because I still think there's a little bit of uncertainty about Webster. I think he will come back into the team, as I said, but you you know that Livermento is going to be starting. You know you're going to get the armband on him and who knows, you might, if you, I mean, you could even, you might, you might end up Getting yourself a double-digit haul. You're tempting so, me now. You're tempting me now. Okay. I know. <laughs> trying to trying to convince you to throw your transfers away. Uh, right. Okay. T T T T T T. He says, "Oh, sorry." He says, "Just call me T. It's easier than the handle." <laughs> he's uh, he's saying, uh, "Are Emerson or Regulon an option now that Conte's come in at Spurs?" Emerson's seven point nine, and is it uh, bonuses in four of his six starts? Um. Again, I think I think very much watch and wait on both of them. We need to see how Conte sets up his team. Do we even know if regular one, I'm sure is pretty pretty nailed on, but is it Emerson? Probably, but we don't know. Doherty might come back into the, the fray. Um so yeah, what watch, wait and and observe for me just now. Uh, and Scooby Scooby's use actually asked a similar question about Kane. Basically, um, do we think it's worth sticking him in? I don't think so yet. I think it's worth it's worth sitting back and observing. Yeah, we've got to see how they play. I mean, Emerson, I mean that I didn't know that about Emerson. So if he is hitting tears instantly, my ears prick up, and I'm like, okay, great, four out of six, that's great. I'd be surprised if they were passing. They're probably more likely tackling, right? I mean, I could check. I'm just being lazy, but I would guess that they were more likely tackling, which isn't always as consistent as passing, and um, would worry me slightly. Uh, but if he was to play the right centre back, if he was to play a you know the back three with the two wing backs, tackling's probably more likely to continue. If it was right wing back. Again, you could argue tackles, but then he could have a threat, right? But like Niall says, we just don't really 100% know. Maybe he just comes in and just doesn't fancy him. I can't see that. I think he probably will, but he might not fancy him. He has played in the past. I think he played Victor Moses at right wing back and played the midfielder. There's nothing to say for sure that he doesn't play two up front and then play Lucas Moura as the right wing back, for example. He's got a, he's got a really good work ethic. So maybe, I, I just don't know. You just gonna, I, think, I think it's weight. It's one of those ones where we're not, you're not going to miss out on enough points for it to be worth going early. Totally agree. Yeah. Uh, okay. So FF Deacon is saying if you had a few, so a fair few <coughs> transfers left at 33 plus, would you try your hand at playing Pep Roulette with some days where you see the City lineup? Could you use this to pick up City assets for some potential upsides? I think there's definitely merit in that. For me, um, you could see them battering United this weekend, but I don't think there's anyone to take out unless you fancy taking out a Southampton or a Villa player in advance. So I don't think it's this week, but I think after the international break, that game they've got at home to Everton, where you see the lineups. I mean, that's great opportunity. If you've not got 
you know, any city defenders or you fancy throwing the dice on. Um, yeah. folding if well, the only thing I'll, I'll add quickly there is it's that's three days before they play PSG. I think if any if any of the lineups this in the in the recent future, I mean Pep Roulette's not really been a thing. He's been playing a consistent no, team. But if you're going to pick one game where you're probably going to see a little bit, I'd suggest it's probably that one. Yeah, agreed. And then you get to see the lineup the week after as well at home to West Ham. So it's quite nice. And if you did go for a, a slight risk and you planned on captaining them, let's say you go with folding them. I'm not saying that folding's a risk, but you, you know, could you comfortably captain him after a busy schedule when they've got PSG midweek? Um, the week after against West Ham, maybe not. But the fact you see the lineup, you start, and then you could could possibly have a have a punt at him. So, yeah, I, I I quite like that, especially if you've got a good number of transfers left and you you fancy doing something a little bit a little bit different. But you know, I wouldn't go crazy, but maybe. No, Maybe I, I like it to be honest. I think Foden and Jesus are probably the standout names for me there. I think at the moment Gundogan, Kevin De Bruyne, and Bernardo Silva are all kind of three players fighting for two spots. You can argue Bernardo Silva is just undroppable at the moment, so more more Gundogan, Gundogan and Kevin De Bruyne. I don't think Rodri's really worth it. I think he's just a little bit too expensive, considering Fernandinho can occasionally come in. And there's no one else we're really talking about, right? Grealish doesn't seem to offer enough. So it really comes down to do you want to get Foden or not? I think he's like nine point six, is he or something? He's quite he's reasonably expensive. Yeah, uh, nine point six. <clears throat> but if he's a midfielder playing up front for Man City, and he continues to do so, I think that's worth it. Like you, I think I think you can do that. I just would be worried whether he even plays the Everton game. But you get to see that you get to see that lineup. But after that, across the season, you know, if he misses two or three games, four games in the round Champions League. Um, which is there's a chance he just doesn't, right? Because he seems to like him. I mean, Kevin De Bruyne in the past just didn't miss games, and Foden could be his new Kevin De Bruyne. I think you can go with it and chance it. I, I do actually like that. You know, like you say, he's got 33 transfers. If it's absolutely tragic, you get off. <coughs> Apologies for a coughing to death here. The only thing I would say is that usually the Man City midfielders, as appealing as they look for other games in Sky, don't usually end up being that good of an asset unless they're Gundogan like that centre midfielder who also gets the passes and tackles and stuff like Mares and stuff they've often looked good and they can do occasionally in one game but then they just they don't always end up delivering I mean even Sterling's been in this category before in the past right do you know what I mean it's it's tricky it's like you always fall back on their defenders because you just know first of all they, they're favourites for a clean sheet in every game and the passing and tackle bonus is there so the defenders just trump virtually all of their other assets at all times for me but Foden's, Foden's there. Foden, Foden is definitely a consideration. And I think, you know, if you were building a perfect team and you had infinite money, Foden might be in there, maybe. I don't know. I think he'd be close. He'd be he's certainly a consideration. Yeah, I, I, I think you're right. I th- and, and I agree with you. If Foden's going to be... If Foden's going to be playing two games out of three up front for Man City when they've got a good fixture run like they've got coming up. I know we've had this argument with Torres before it didn't work out, but Torres was more... More of a risk at that time because the team was so in, in in flux after the after the summer. We didn't know who was going to be the number one striker, but it seems like Foden has nailed himself down as that as that that player. Um, it's just how many games he plays. So I, I think there's definitely definitely a reason to to think about him. And when you see the lineups in the next few weeks after the international break, there's there's a good chance to do it. And if, if you fancy rolling the dice a bit, you've got some transfers. No reason why not. Yeah, um, and it just ju- it just appeals yeah. in general against everyone else, right? Because I don't think many Sky players, the serious ones, will have Foden. So he is a decent differential. It's kind of like that Reese James thing, again, where I don't think too many of them will have him, but they are players with huge upside, so they can make a difference at the top level, I think. Um, yeah. Yeah. 
Okay, so we appreciate we're running out of time a little bit. So we've got a lot of questions still to go. Oh, just a couple. Skip some if you want. Now. Skip some. It's all right. But we'll... we'll skip a few that we've already answered before. Um, okay, so uh, FPL Hambone is saying, uh, do we think Martinez or Livermento's best for Friday? He's thinking about taking out Damari Gray to free up some dosh for Christmas. And he's also asking me where it's good to eat in Edinburgh. Okay, Hambone, I will. Great name as well. It's making me hungry. Um, I will drop you a DM with some options because there are too many to go through and we're running out of time. But uh, Livermento or Martinez, quick fire look, what do you think? Um, just because I'm the biggest Mendy fanboy going, I think Livermento is a better longer term option. Indi- yeah. Individual yeah. for the night, Martinez probably scores more points on the night, but I could be wrong. Agreed. And, and, I, and I guess this, this the second part of the question actually fits in with the question from FPL Stefa Barnes, who asks, is it time to dump Gray? Or hold through to the single game week in seventeen. We hate Gray um, on this show. Get rid of him. Oh, we hate Gray. We, we, <laughs> yeah, we do. I'm afraid. Sorry, we do. We hate Gray. Gray is one of those picks to me that I thought was just destined to fail. This is me coming across as smug. I don't want to do that. Um, but I, I, I saw him getting points, and I thought that's not sustainable. That's not sustainable. And and he kept getting points. And I've done this before. I remember when Delhi Alley first came through, and he was really cheap. I just thought, no, there's no way he's going to keep getting all those points. And he did in his first season at, or second season at Spurs. And I was just out of sheer stubbornness, didn't, didn't bother bringing him in and it yeah. punished me. So I was thinking that might have been the same situation with Gray. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm quite quite relieved to see that he slowed down a bit. But um, I think if you've got him, he's still cheap. I maybe wouldn't <clears throat> move him on, but um, he's, he's probably in most people's teams they're looking at them and thinking, right, who do I move out soon? He's probably one of the players that you're looking at to get to get rid of. Um, I wouldn't be in a rush to move him, but the fixtures are poor. And if there's an opportunity that opens up for somebody else, you've heard what Hambone's doing, trying to get a cover in for Friday, I'd I'd maybe maybe look to Gray to be the format. Yeah, I think it's just the whole, if you're holding a player that I don't think is particularly good just for that one single match day where he then could fail, it's... it's I mean, I was listening to, again, Planet FPL, Sudge has been holding Ben White for ages in order to captain him over the Arsenal games that just happened, and it just didn't work out because he w- he ended up not being a great option. And he just said he's held a player for a long time in, in a you know a one-off captain day a long way down the line, and he's just not been scoring points. It's not just about that individual night. Even if Gray gets one goal on that night, is he likely to therefore outscore a good pick for the for the five games across the whole as a whole band? You know, probably not. Um, I'd just get it done this week. I think if Mbomo's got the signs of starting, I honestly think just getting Mbomo in for home to Norwich for their stretch of stretch of games, even though you don't get the extra game out of Everton, I feel like it, I would just look to get that done because I think it improves your team. It saves you a bit of money. That would be my way of doing it. I know you often wait for those games, but he says when's the optimal time? And I'm looking through the fixtures. Everton, annoyingly, seem to just play on the last day a lot for a while. Um, you know, you could argue Saturday the 27th of November, you could look at bringing someone in. But again, Everton play on the Sunday, so that doesn't really work. There's just No, there's just nowhere, really. I mean, <clears throat> 1st of December, they play Liverpool, and then you've got the Thursday game, so you could get an extra game out of a Spurs, Brentford, Man United, or Arsenal player. So maybe you could move to Mbomo there if you wanted to, to get the extra game. But I don't think that's going to be worth it. I, mean, I could end up yeah, eating my words. He's still advanced, like you say. He's not. He's not a priority to me. Like I have to absolutely dump this guy. He's at least turning up and he's still playing an attacking midfield role. So he, 
he could do fine, but yeah. just, just get him. Yeah, he's going to be getting you, at a bare minimum, he's going to be getting you two points a week, unlike some players who've been getting yeah, two. Yeah, that's it. So, he's, yeah, it's going to be a grim run, I think, of fixtures for, for Everton. If he can be turning them, then he'll, he'll be surprising a lot of us. But, yeah, as you say, difficult. So, if you are going to get rid of him, then Friday night, maybe for a captain, on balance, might be the best. Um, okay, so, final question from For Reasons Unknown. Um, he's just asking for the best medium-term transfer uh, in, in defence or midfield, so any defender, any midfielder, up to 9.3 million. What do you think? Yeah, and to be honest, uh, FF Louis has actually responded to him there in the chat doing our job for us, saying Rudiger, Tielemans, <laughs> Dunk, Reese James. Um, I, I have to say, I do agree with a lot of those. I think those are good options. Um, yeah. I think Tielemans is definitely a consideration. Look how good he's been doing. Declan Rice is still a consideration. He's been doing fantastic. The games are bad. I think he's still an option, though. Um, Smith Rowe, you've already mentioned, if you want to cut right down and cover some options. Again, he's another one you could throw out there. But ultimately, for 9.3 million, you know, for me, it's still a Chelsea defender. It's And probably Rudiger and Reese James are the two options, and it comes down to your, your appetite for risk there. Rudiger is still safe as houses it seems doesn't it so arguably is the more sensible play but maybe Reese James is the flavour of the month so one of those two for me yeah I'm with you on that totally agree uh, it's quite difficult because I, I think that you have weeks where it looks absolutely crystal clear who the best option is and then there are weeks like this where you probably have to Reese James do really well uh, and, and some of the others not doing too well Tielemans continuing to play well don't come in into a good set of fixtures it throws things up in the air a little bit. It's quite difficult to pin down. Yeah, he's the obvious option or he's the obvious option. Mm. Um, I still think that with Lewis Dunk's fixtures, he's going to start doing really well. Mm-hmm. And he's probably going to see a little bit of budget as well. Um, he's got Newcastle this weekend. I think it's a good time to, to make the punt on him. So I, I'm going to go with Dunk, but I'm going to have an asterisk on Reese James. And if he does play, then he could break the game. <laughs> Love it. Okay. Great. I think so. That's that's pretty much all the questions. There were some that we didn't manage to get to. Apologies, just volume of questions. Uh, but thanks very much again. And if you didn't get your question answered this week, then then try again next. Yeah, definitely. Sorry, guys. No one wants to listen to us talk for over an hour, do they? He probably falling asleep already. But we'll try our best. We'll just um, give you a quick preview, I guess, of the week coming up, um, and, and what our plans are. I actually have a bit of a dilemma because I'm not sure who to captain um, on Saturday. I don't know if anyone else is in this same situation, but for me, there's not an obvious captain. So Friday, I don't have anyone, Southampton Villa. I may be tempted into the Liveramento move for uh, Cooper, get the armband on him. Won't expect too much in the game, but he is a great player, so maybe. And then look to hold him because I think he's better than Cooper. I don't have any doubts in my mind he's better than Cooper from this point. It's just my whole Webster fanboy thing. I mean, if he yeah. play, if he plays the Saturday home to Newcastle, for example, he's getting ten points in that game for me. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, mm, we'll see. Will I regret it instantly? Uh, so you got no one as well, Friday? Is that right? I've got Elliot Bell. Oh, well, Elliot Nussi. So... Yeah, basically no I've one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now nah, he's going to turn up. You watch. Your luck. He, this is the game. Oh, wow. This is the game. He does get his hattie. That'll be amazing. Look, these are the kind. Of, I mean, these stories do happen in Sky occasionally. If that happens, it is low ownership. You are literally flying up the ranks. <laughs> I'd love to see it. To be honest, it'd be incredible. Yeah. <clears throat> um, Saturday, yeah. I don't know who's captain. I, I honestly don't know. I mean, I've got Mbomo in my team. I don't know whether he even plays, so he's an option for me at home to Norwich. I don't feel great about captain in a midfielder that usually gets two points. Well, two points is a pipe dream at the moment for him, but even that. 
Chelsea home to Burnley is the obvious place to go um, because I don't have virtually yeah I don't have any I do have Gallagher actually he's another one so maybe Gallagher at home to Wolves I think with Gallagher though as good as he is he's actually returned a lot of his points in maybe only three games out of all of them you know where he's had his monster returns and hauls basically when he's got a goal alongside it so if he doesn't score in that game he's more likely to get you sort of four double to eight maybe I think that's reliable Um, so maybe not a great captain <clears throat> yeah, Brighton, Newcastle, as, as good as I think Brighton defence will be at home, I don't have any, so I can't do that. So it's Chelsea, and I don't know, the thing is they just played Champions League, I don't have Chilwell and James, which would be the obvious names they're arrested, and I've been here before, I've got Christensen in my team, <laughs> r- r- do you know what I mean? I've got players who I don't know for sure are even going to turn up, so... I notice you, you're so paranoid. <clears throat> You've got the armband on Mendy. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> I actually did that last time, and then Mendy didn't play. Do you, do you remember that? He just randomly yeah, just didn't play, didn't turn up. So I'm on Mendy at the moment just because I feel he is the safest. And obviously, when you get a clean sheet, you get two extra points, so it's the equivalent of tier one passing. Um, that will probably I'll probably change to Rudiger. Now, if that happens and I see Saar rock up in the lineup, I'm going to be devastated. But I think Rudiger's got the chance. I mean, he's got a very good chance to tier two and he's got a decent goal threat, right? So I just think he is a better captain than Mendy. Uh, so that's probably where I go. I don't think I can chance Christensen, who's my other Chelsea defender. So long story, very long story short, it's Mendy or Rudiger for me. And at the moment, with my paranoia, it's on Mendy, but perhaps I'll change to Rudiger. What about you? Oh, yeah. So so it's actually really easy for me to put Chilwell. And Chilwell yeah, play I hate you. So yeah, so he's he's getting the armband. I think if you've got Chilwell or James, neither of them played mm. uh, against Malmo, so they look pretty certain, I think, to start at the weekend. So if you've got them, it could be a real feast or famine because these guys are capable of getting huge hauls. Or you know, unlike unlike Rudiger, who tends to get a tier two every single time he steps in the pitch, they can they can walk away without anything. So yeah, I think that's where I'm going to go uh, on on that that day on the Saturday. I've got Elianusi on the Friday night. God. Yeah. Uh, and then it'll be it'll be Salah, I think, on the Sunday. Although when you know, I just picked my captains there, and I saw, wow, Aubameyang playing. He's got home to Norwich. That's oh, like Norwich, home to Arsenal, Watford. Uh, Watford yeah, mm. yeah, Watford. Sorry, and I, and I, I almost instinctively just saw home to Watford and just clicked on him, um, just because it's such a good game. But I'm gonna I'm gonna go for Salah. I think there's no point there's no point in messing around and ending up on the wrong side of a, a hat trick. Yeah, I, I've also got a Bamiang, and it's highly tempting for that game. I, I must admit, but I've I've gone against Salah a lot this season, actually. Just, but I mean, I didn't even own him for a stretch as well, and I suppose that's that's in my mind. Um, and it's not like Salah can't just ridiculous. I mean, the guy turns up and just there's points everywhere, isn't there? Even last week, I know it was only an assist, but that was in the first few minutes. And if you weren't on Salah for the rest of that game, you would have been terrified because he could have got anything again as usual. Um, and as good as West Ham are, I just think it makes sense to go Salah probably. Um, yeah, Bamiang on his own is probably a differential enough. But if you've got the appetite for it, I, I think you, it could be a, a good rank shift. I think in likelihood is they probably score quite similarly, ultimately. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I think that's pretty much it, isn't it? Um, I was going to say, just on the Chelsea one, just touch on it like like Niall said there. If you, if you do have the option of Chilwell and James and you have the other guys... You know, I always like to go for the passing centre-backs, but I think in the game where even the wing-backs are likely to get passes, um, which they could do in this fixture quite easily, and it's similar to it's, what I'm talking about here is really the Diaz-Cancelo thing, right? When you know Cancelo's going to play, 
you probably go Cancelo because he just offers a little bit more as well as the security. And it's a similar situation here, I think. If if you're sat there and thinking, oh, I've got Rudiger, should I just go Rudiger because he's going to get tier two? No, not for me, not in this game. You go for James or, or Chilwell just because their attacking threat is, is so high. And to be honest, they could still get the passes or tackles in that game. <clears throat> um, yeah, I think that's it. Anything else to say, Nars? Nothing else for me. I'm all, I'm all talked out, ready for bed. Yeah, definitely. I'm running out of uh, running out of breath here. I need a drink as well. <laughs> Thanks a lot, guys. It's uh, it's been a pleasure as always. Lots and lots of questions. It's getting more and more. We'll have to come up with a system with filtering them down. I think just to keep this succinct for you guys. But hopefully you enjoyed it. Uh, I mentioned the members area throughout throughout the chat there, and um, even brought it up for the Liverpool passing bonus. So if you can, if you can, uh, if you can afford to get yourself on there and uh, and get yourself signed up, then do so because I do think it really does help out over the long term. Uh, thanks a lot, guys, and I shall catch you on the next one. Goodbye. See you later, all.